Hello to my fellow humans with true crime obsessions. <laughs> Welcome back to Crime Obsessed Dog Mom. It's been a little bit. We'll get into that. Uh, I'm Michelle, the Crime Obsessed Dog Mom, with my co-host, still snuggled in bed with the birthday boy, my husband. The baby dog name is Rory. Today we're going to look at another badass survivor, Jamie Kloss. Without further ado, let's go. All right. Hello, everyone. It's been a little while. I'm a bot. <laughs> Not really, but I've been vacationing and things have just been a little bit crazy. Uh, I mentioned last time in the episode that I was going to be traveling for the Thanksgiving he uh, holiday here in America. And yeah, so things just got a little bit crazy. We left on the uh, on a Saturday and I didn't get a chance to record before we left because... You know how it is before travel, you know, but tr before traveling, things just get a little bit crazy. Ooh, my microphone is like doing its own thing. Hold on, let me move this. Okay, cool. Um, so yeah, things were just a little bit crazy and I just didn't get a chance. And then we flew back in on a Sunday, but we actually were at the airport at like 3.30 central time. And we got home about what time? It was like 10 a.m. Eastern time. It's just, we didn't get a lot of sleep. I had a headache before we left. It was just a mess. So I slept a lot and we both kind of just chilled when we got home. We were exhausted. He had the day off the next day. He wasn't feeling well, my husband. He wasn't feeling well. Uh, so we just kind of took it easy. And I was like, well, I'll explain next week when I do episode. <laughs> so I do apologize. I know I've been a little bit MIA and I just, I need a vacation, you know, if you've been following along for any length of time, you know that we've kind of been through it this year, my husband and I. So we really just kind of wanted a break. We needed a break and we were excited. We we went to San Antonio and then ended up going to Corpus Christi and the weather sucked the whole time, which was really disappointing. But we got to do a lot of really cool stuff. We went to the aquarium down there, which was really great. And I love a good aquarium. We spent like so much money at the, the store, but uh, why not, right? It goes back to a good cause. And we ended up going to the USS Lexington, which was a battleship. And learn. I mean, we were we were like going down to the mess hall, and they don't adjust those boats so that it's easier to get in and out of. So we were like going down, <laughs> going down these little like practically ladders, if I'm being honest, and. We didn't even get a chance to go to all of it. Like, we missed, like, two areas because we could have probably spent, like, three hours left more there. than we, we spent, like, two and a half hours there. But we actually had scheduled a dolphin tour. So we got on a little boat. It was chilly, which sucked. But we got to see some wild dolphins um, down on Mustang Island down there. And... It was very scary getting there because we had to like drive our rental car onto a ferry, which doesn't sound that scary, but it was. <laughs> we got it. It just you know move, just driving onto a ferry and they just drive you across this little thing of water. I've been on a ferry, but not in a car on a ferry, so it was just a little bit scary. 
But overall, it was a good trip. We were ready to come home like halfway through, to be honest with you. We missed Rory. We just kind of wanted to get back to our routines, which are good for both of our mental health. And, you know, he started kind of feeling a little bit sick. Thankfully, not COVID. We did. He got tested and everything. Just a sinus infection. And I'm recording this a day early. So because tomorrow we're going to our goddaughter's dedication and we'll be probably gone most of the day and it's an early morning. So I just wanted to kind of make sure that I dropped in your feet a little bit early and hopefully that's okay with you. And yeah, so things have been going better. Well, we're really just waiting for the year to be over. That's kind of where we're at with just everything that's happened this year between he wrecked a car, um, like total the car. I had COVID and I didn't feel well at all. And I, and I did all the things, which was super annoying, right? I was like wearing my mask and just doing everything I was supposed to do. And it's still, I still got COVID and I really didn't feel well um, for a long time. And I had some memory issues after, which is common. Um, and it just really impacted me for a while. And then he had, uh, well, we found out we were pregnant and then he had uh, rotator cuff surgery. His bicep was detached and, you know, things were going well there for a while. And then we found out we weren't pregnant anymore. And that just kind of wrecked us. And that's just where we're at right now. I'm getting emotional about it still. And we're healing, right? We are, we are, I'm not crying about it as often as I used to. Uh, we're so sad. This is a, a hard time this time of the year right now because I technically should be like having a, bu- a baby in a month. Um, but unfortunately, that's not the case. And, you know, I, I told myself, I had told my leader at work and everything. I was like, after Thanksgiving, I'm out pretty much like mentally. Um, and so now <laughs> I'm just like annoyed at work because I'm like, fuck, I got to do all this work and I don't want to. Because <laughs> You know, my brain was really at the point where I didn't want to, I didn't want to have to work anymore because I knew I, you know, I, I would have been at this point would have been nesting and getting the everything get to re- getting things together, and that's not the case, which is hard. Um, you know, we were for Christmas. I was like, I'm not gonna go anywhere. Like I was gonna be too tired. And I knew it, right. And I mean, honestly, we were really hoping we were gonna have the baby by the end of the year. Because if you know anything for my American (laughs) US listeners, our healthcare sucks real bad. And we already met our deductible. So we wouldn't have had to pay for labor and delivery, which is a shit ton of money here. And um like a lot, a lot, a lot. And I mean, even the procedure that I had, uh, it was a D&E when we lost the baby, it was like $25,000. Thank God we have insurance and we had already met our deductible, so we didn't owe anything. But I can't imagine an actual full-fledged like labor and delivery situation. I know it's a lot and without complications or anything like that. So we were hoping, um, even though I wasn't due until uh, January, we were, you know, kind of hoping for a late in the year baby, but, um, you know, hope here's to hopefully that being that dream being fulfilled in 2023. But like I said, we're, we're kind of just over this year mentally. We're very thankful that our goddaughter was born and is healthy. Um, I can't wait to see her tomorrow for her dedication. And 
I'm just, we're excited to be able to spend Christmas with her. And I got her some cute stuff for, for her birthday or not her birthday for Christmas. And, you know, we're excited for the holidays, but at the same time, it's kind of bittersweet. And so that's kind of where we're at with everything. Um, you know, I was excited to kind of transition into maternity leave and everything. And that's just not the case. Um, it's something I've kind of accepted, but there's a piece of me that's still bitter. <laughs> I was hoping to get out of all of this end of the year stress and I did not get to do that. So uh, I didn't want to have to deal with any of the, the craziness that's happening and at work right now. And unfortunately, I have to. So and but that's my job. Uh, I'm excited for some changes in my role next year at my job um, to maybe lead a couple of different projects in a new way. So we are excited for this year to be over. We are hopeful for 2023 to hopefully bring us, you know, things that we dreamed of having this year. And like I mentioned earlier, today is my husband's birthday. He is 36 today and he's not a big birthday guy. So we're not doing too much craziness. He's going to probably watch football. I think there's like championship games on today and we're just going to kind of hang out, probably go out to dinner, uh, but nothing too crazy. The weather's not great here. So we're not going to like go do anything crazy. Um, but yeah, so it's going to be a fun filled weekend, uh, of family stuff, which is, which is great. So yeah, enough about me. Here we are almost 10 minutes into the episode and I'm sure most of you have already clicked off. Uh, If not for, um, we're done. So not done talking about me. Let's talk about Jamie Kloss. So today she is a little badass survivor and I didn't want to talk about kids too much, but she didn't pass away right she's a badass she survived uh oh speaking of the boy in the box it's one of my first episodes i ever did there was a lot of updates coming out that they actually i think figured out they've determined who he is so i will be doing an update as soon as we figure that out he's been i think he was uh tracked back to a pretty prominent delaware i think it's delaware county pennsylvania family. So I'm excited to kind of learn a little bit more about that. I'll do an update next week with that for sure. And I know there was a, there's a lot of true crimey things happening right now. So I'll definitely, the Delphi murderers, they, they arrested someone. So lots of crazy stuff coming up in the next couple of weeks, maybe not new cases, but updates on older cases um, that I'm really happy to, to, because justice, you know what I'm saying? Justice. We're all about that. So back to Jamie Kloss. Jamie uh, Lynn Kloss, she was born uh, July 13th, 2005, not too long, well, years long after me. I was 16 by the time she was born, which makes me feel old, but she's a fellow uh, astrological sign cancer, so we love that. Uh, She she was the only child of James and Denise Kloss of Barron, Wisconsin. Uh, On October 5th, 2018, Um, as Jamie was walking home, Jake Patterson, who's the bitch boy in this, drove, saw her get off a school bus, um, outside of the family residence. She, well, this was in September. He had seen her and I'll get off the bus. And he was like, 
this is the girl he wanted to take. Um, on this October, early October day, uh, there was like activity in the home. So it kind of deterred him. Um, slash like there was just too many cars in the driveway. So he didn't want to leave witnesses. But, and then two days later, he tried again, but was once again, too afraid. Once again, bitch boy. Probably just blew your speakers out with bitch boy, but he is. He ended up going home. He shaved his head, his face, wiped down his father's shotgun and six 12 gauge shells to avoid leaving any physical trace evidence at the scene. He replaced his red Ford Taurus license plates with a set he had stolen off of somebody else's car. He removed the glow in the dark cord from the trunk that allowed people um, to open it from the outside. If I hope none of you have ever been in a trunk of a car, but if you've probably seen them, they are a glow in the dark cord that you can pull to be able to get out of a trunk and specifically like a sedan or a smaller car that you can pull open. So he actually removed that. So, I mean, he, he would, he was in for it. So he ends up going back to the house and, uh, he shuts his headlights off as he approaches the house. He parked kind of near the end of its driveway. He was wearing a black coat, a ski mask, and he approached the front door of the house. He was carrying the shotgun that he had wiped down and everything. Um, Jamie ended up waking up because the dog um, was barking and she saw that there's a stranger approaching her house. So she woke up her parents, her her dad, kind of went to the front door and was like showing a light because um, she didn't, he didn't know who they were through a glass pane in that front door. If you think about like a front door, sometimes there's glass on both sides. He was kind of like shining a light through. Um, he thought they were, he assumed it was law enforcement, right? Who's going to come at your, come to your house that late at night? Um, he was looking for a badge. He was like, Hey, show me your badge, blah, blah, blah. He, Jake, then aimed the gun at James's Kloss's head, pulled the trigger and he fatally shot him. He fired around into the doorknob and broke into the house and he, bitch boy, stepped over Jamie's father's body. As he forced his way into the house, he was checking every room in the house because he wanted no witnesses left behind. He found that the bathroom door was locked and he began just kind of getting it, trying to get himself himself in there. He was shouldering it, essentially was just like throwing his shoulder into it a dozen times until it opened. In uh, Inside the bathroom was her, uh, D- Jamie's mom, Denise and Jamie, uh, Denise was being the wonderful mother that she was, was comforting who, Jamie, who was obviously very scared. You know, she he had she had heard a gunshot, something bad had happened. Um, and at 12.53 a.m., right, this is late, it, this is late at night, early morning, she, Denise had called 911. She did not speak on the call, um, but the, ops, the operator, the 911 operator, operator did hear a disturbance um, and yelling before the phone call was disconnected. When the dispatcher did call the number back, uh, they reached the voicemail of Denise Kloss. Um, Bitch boy, James, uh, bound Jamie with duct tape around her wrists and ankles, pulled her out of the tub and ended up shooting Denise, Jamie's mother, as he started to turn away. He dragged Jamie outside, almost slipping in the blood. Um, 
that was everywhere, right, because he murdered both of her parents, placed her in the trunk of the car and drove away. The police did arrive uh, four minutes after the 911 call. Um, Jake, bitch boy, later told investigators that he had pulled over about 20 seconds down the road from the house um, because the deputies obviously had their emergency lights on, they had their sirens going, and they kind of sped by him. Um, but Jamie was in the back of his truck or his car. Um, so she's in the back of her car in that car and hearing the police. I mean, they're right there and she can't, she couldn't be saved in that moment. He drove, uh, to a cabin about 60 miles away from Jamie's house. James, uh, made, uh, Jamie change into a different pair of pajamas and then forced her under his mattress and sealed it off all of the exits before going to sleep. Uh, I couldn't find a ton about her time, like while she was actually captive, but she ended up telling after she was rescued, she did tell the police that he uh, would make her hide under his twin size bed, which is not a very large size bed, and would around like a stack the area around it with like tote bags, laundry bins and weights um, so that he would be able to hear or see if she moved. Uh, she also said that he made it clear that nobody was to know that she was there or bad things would happen to her. Guests had apparently come and gone to his house, that cabin, while she was under the bed. Uh, he, um, he really believed that he had restrained Jamie with fear. He thought she was so scared of him that she wouldn't leave. And uh, he even told the police after he got called that he never had even like put extra locks on the doors or windows because he really truly thought this is like a Stockholm syndrome situation that he was going to love her uh, or I'm sorry she was going to love him and never leave him and everything like that he he truly thought he'd never she would never leave him um, he was kind he was kind of like counting on mind things quote unquote to keep her from running he made her stay under the bed when he left the house, sometimes as long as 12 hours with no food, water, bathroom blanks, um, or breaks. He uh, struck her with a hard household object one time when she upset him, uh, threatening that the punishment would be worse if it happened again. He also admitted to having sexual thoughts about Jamie, who was 13 years old, but refused to act on them because he he had a lot of guilt from killing her parents. Um, he said that sometimes they did sleep in the same bed. On January 10th, James told her that he was going to leave the house for five or six hours, uh, making her crawl under the bed beforehand like normal. But after he left, Jamie was like, ain't nobody doing this shit no more. Right? She was done. She moved the bins and the weights, put on a pair of his shoes, and walked out the house towards the road until she found a woman that uh, was walking her dog. Uh, the person, the, the woman's name was Janine Nutter. She told the police that Jamie just told her her name. Um, and she, Jamie said, I don't know where I am. Um, he killed my parents and please help. I just want to go home. The woman told, you know, took Jamie to the closest home nearby, pounded on the door and said, this is Jamie Claus, call 911. Jamie ended up telling the responding officers that James had killed her parents Officers had saw the red vehicle in the area that was driven by a lone man. So they're looking for him, right? They pulled his car over near near the home where she had been captive and asking the men to step out of the house, you know, out of the vehicle with his hands up. Um, as soon, once again, 
bitch boy. As soon as he got out of the car, he said, I did it. So he, he, he admitted it right away. He confessed to the police immediately that he had uh, kidnapped Jamie and killed her parents. He had no previous history, like criminal history in Wisconsin. He was charged immediately with two counts of first degree intentional homicide, one count of kidnapping and one count of armed burglary in January, 2019 uh, with bail set at $5 million. And I just think about this, think of this was like a year later, right? She, what about COVID? Like, you know, what if people hadn't been out walking their dog? What if somebody hadn't wanted to, you know, everything was shut down. So it's kind of crazy that this happened so quick, so closely to how everything craziness that happened. On March 27th of 2019, he did plead guilty to the two counts of intentional uh, first degree homicide and the kidnapping. While he was in jail, he wrote a letter in response to the questions sent to him by a reporter from a television station in Minneapolis. He apologized for his crimes and stated they were committed mostly on impulse, contrasting reports reports from the police that he had taken various measures and prep for the crime. He did add that his intention from the beginning was to plead guilty in order to spare Jamie and her family from the trauma of going through a trial. Later that month, a television reporter in Minneapolis received a phone call from him uh, where he briefly answered questions sent to him in the letter. Regarding the time Jamie spent in captivity, he said, we were just watching TV, playing board games, talking about stuff. We cooked a lot. Everything was homemade, you know. This is a freaking creeper, to be honest with you. In May... Uh, 24th of 2019, he was sentenced to the maximum of two consecutive life sentences in prison without the possibility of parole for the murders, plus an additional 40 years for the kidnapping. Douglas County authorities did not pursue charges related um, to the 88 days in captivity because they didn't want to have to bring Jamie in for questions, right? She just went through some shit, 88 days, right? 88 days of hell to, they're just there was no reason to bring her in for questioning and believe there wasn't enough evidence to pursue a life sentence without parole, um, without needing those additional, like they knew that they had enough on him. They didn't need any additional charges. He spoke briefly on court and apologized saying, quote, I'll, I'll just say that I would do like absolutely anything to take back what I did. I would die. He said, he was fighting back tears. I don't care about me. I'm just sorry. That's all. So he left the courtroom that day and he, what a bitch boy, he uttered, bye, Jamie. He's the worst, honestly. He can't take my freedom, Jamie says. He thought he could own me, but he was wrong. She, this is a statement that she said in court. I was smarter. I watched his routine and I took back my freedom. I will always have my freedom and he will not. This, she is a badass. Please remember. She is 13 years old. Bad ass. Okay. In, um, in January of 2021, so about a year, almost two years ago now, her aunt, who is now her, the person that's taking care of her, shared that Jamie is doing well. She is enjoying dance and school activity, and she's very surrounded by very loved. She's very loved. Um, they asked Jamie, um, I mean, Jamie's family asked like law enforcement not do about any kind of like anniversary of what had happened, but instead to focus on other missing kids and hoping for more missing or more happy endings for those missing kids. 
And there is um, the National Center for Missing and Exploited Children. Uh, uh, Angelina Hartman said her story, Jamie's story, is a reason why they do what they do. They want happy endings to happen for these horrible, horribly sad cases. And she said that Jamie's escape gave other people hope. Um, families so cling to that story of to that day to this day that you know there's hope for their kids to come home so craziness abs ah whew. but she's a badass i wish there was i don't wish because i don't really want to know too much but about what actually happened regardless she got out she survived and that's she did every after with seeing her parents be murdered she was afraid but she wanted her freedom back and she fought back about against his bitch boy so she a badass that's all i gotta say uh so thank you so much for tuning in today once again always open to your feedback in any case or story suggestions all my source materials are in the show notes please subscribe and rate so the podcast can continue to grow we should hopefully be at a thousand downloads by the end of the year which is a huge accomplishment for me I'm going to continue to do bi-weekly episodes at this point, strictly just because uh, we generally have, it's about every other weekend we have something crazy going on that I just don't have the time. But if I do end up doing weekly, you're, you're welcome. We're we doing things early. Uh, I still do plan on doing things on Sundays. Today is a special treat on a, for a sun, uh, Saturday for you. Uh, continue to check me out on Instagram. Crime Assess Dog Mom, Twitter at CO Dog Mom Podcast. My most popular, not quote unquote popular, but my most active is my TikTok at CO, CO Dog Mom Podcast. Um, you should be able to search Crime Obsessed Dog Mom and find me pretty easily anywhere. Uh, thank you again. I appreciate your support continually. Y'all have been great. I do appreciate it from all over the world. You're all, you're all wonderful humans. I want you to stay true crime obsessed. Love on your animals, give them the snuggles, and be kind to each other, and I'll holla at you all soon. Bye!